Welcome to Daily Bread for Your Soul. This is the station where you will receive information for your spirit, soul, and body. Stay tuned. Behind every successful man is a good woman. And the scripture says that whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing. So the wife first has to be a good thing for that man to be successful. She has to be a good thing. She can't be um, a, 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 a skeezer girl or, or, or those who want to hang out and hang out in the streets and those who don't care about herself or uh, a, a sleazy type woman. But it's a good woman, a good woman. It has not to do with the man. God didn't say the man had to be good. But he says, whosoever findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. A good thing. The wife has to be the good thing first. It's not the man that has to be the good thing. It didn't say the man. It said it is the woman, the wife. You have to be the wife. You have to be the good thing before he becomes the good thing. He could come to you in all kinds of jacked up ways, but if you live the life in front of him, the good thing, the good life in front of him, the good ways in front of him, he will be successful in the good things. And he will become a successful man. Success is not just only something that is financial, but it's also an added to his ways, his thinking. And it has to be done first by the helpmate, which is the wife, the good thing. You have to first become, uh, you have to be the good thing so he can first become the good thing as well. You have to be the good thing. And I'm going to read some of the things that makes a wife, a woman, a good thing. And the first one is love. You're going to have to be a good thing and love. You're going to have to show him how to love unconditionally. Even though he may come to you in all kinds of jack-up ways, I'm telling you something that I've, I live, I've seen, I walked, I talked, and I don't minister or preach unless I'm living it. You have to show him love because men go through so much in society. And so they're broken by the time they come to you. Most of them are. And so it is the wife. I don't say women don't go through anything. But God has given us some uh, extra sense of strength and, 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 and endurance than the man. That's why we're the helpmate. And so you have to become that good thing. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You have to be the good thing first. Stop looking for it in the man because he's not coming that way. But you are already built that way. No matter what scars you have, sisters, no matter what pain you have gone through, sisters, there's still a good thing in you if you are wife material. 
become the wife material. And God said, you are a good thing. It's already in you. You just got to live it in front of him. You got to show him love in spite of. God didn't notice what the scripture didn't say. It didn't say that you have to change him, that you must change him. It says that you must be the good thing first. Ain't say nothing about him to be changed. He, God didn't say raise him up in the way he should go. He's not your child. But you are to love him for the man that he is, for the person that he is. And it's not for you to try to change him. I'm telling you what the Lord said to me over 30 years ago. It's not for you to try to change him, to raise him up, to be who you think he ought to be. You are not his God and definitely not his mother. And so you have to show him unconditional love. You got to show him what love looks like. That he can see it through your eyes. What love is. Love the hell right on out of him. Love him, sisters. In spite of, love him. In spite of his faults, love him. And respect him. Those goes hand in hand. When you love him, you're showing to him that you respect him for who he is because society has beaten him down and have not shown him the respect that's due him. Even some in their families have beat them down, have not shown them the respect that is due him. A man needs to be respected. And then once he do that, he begin to show you the type of love that he wants to pour out on you. He'll be able to open it up to you. And the wall comes tumbling down that he has built up because of life issues. Love the hell out of him. And don't be afraid or have any... Um, have any uh, um, differences when it comes down to loving him. Don't have no reservations and loving him. Just love on him. Doesn't matter what anybody say. Get people out of your ear gates regarding your husband. Get them. I don't care if it's your best homegirl, your, your boo friend, whoever it is you want to call them. Get them out of your ear gates regarding your husband. I'm talking to the sisters. Get your mother out of your ear gate. Get your parents out of your ear gate. Get your siblings out of your ear gate. Get your pastors out of your ear gate. And love your husband in spite of. He's going to mess up. He may have done something wrong. Love him anyhow. You've got to look past the faults. you got to look past the wrongdoings. you got to look past that and see him and love the hell out of him and let God do the rest. And he's going to love you like no other person has loved you outside of your mother. 
That's one of the good things that you must be, that you must do. That's a good thing. A wife must be a good thing. A wife must be a good thing, saith the Lord. And one of those good things is love. The next is finance. A lot of relations are destroyed because of finance. A good woman knows how to take her husband's money and make sure that everything is done, decency and order, to make sure that he could t he has a roof over his head when he comes through that door, to make sure that he has food on his table. You handle his finances the same respect you handle those finances, the same respect you handle him, you handle those, those finances that he brings in. Don't disrespect his finance. Don't go around and throwing it in his face. I make more money than you. That is not the way to build him up. That's not the way to respect him if you say you love him. You got to respect him even down to the finances, his clothes, everything. You got to respect you cannot say you love someone and you don't respect them. You got to respect his finances. You are the good thing that God has called you to be, sisters. You've got to be the good thing. You are the wife, God said. And you've got to be the good thing. And he will grow into also learning how to be responsible with the finances if he isn't. Learn how to spend his money wisely. Don't go be doing things behind his back with, his with your finances. Always let him know, sweetheart, I want to go get a pair of, of boots I've seen at the store here, but it's going to cost me $60, $70. Can I get the boots? Respect his finances. Don't go and buy stuff and then hide it in the closet and then wait three weeks or a month down the line and sneak it on your body. That's disrespectful to him. You're not a good thing now. And how you expect for him to be a good thing? Because you've got to lead it to be the good thing. So that way, he don't mind putting the whole dollar amount, the whole check on the table. Because if you stop being disrespectful to his finances, guess what? He's going to keep a little here and a little there, and he's not going to trust you you first, the Bible says first, you've got to be the lead in this thing. You've got to be the good thing in this thing first. It's not him, but it's you first. And you've got to show him what it looks like to handle his money, to see that his bills are paid first. Before you start whining and crying that you want this and you want that. And you want to run and get your hair and nails done. And you, want, and you want a house. And you want to go on this trip. And you want to do this and that. Because now you're disrespecting his finances. Because he go, you don't know what he's go through to get it. Yes, I know what you go through too, sisters. But the Bible says that you first got to carry the good thing. You've got to be the good thing. It's got to be in you first. Ain't say about him. You got to be the example of the good thing. Praise God.
So be careful how you spend the money that's in the household, that's coming in the household. Even if you bring in the majority, in, you still consult him about the money or of how you want to spend it. I don't care how small and minute it may be. Honey, I'm going to go out. I think I'm going to go get me a, a couple of hats and, and I may get some gloves or something. Inform him. Because now you're letting him know that he is the head of the house, which the Bible says he is. And you're showing that respect. Doesn't matter how big the item is or how little it is. It is still the finances that even if he bring in $2 and you bring in $100, it's still his finance because he's the head. He is the head of that house. God called him to be. And you don't disrespect him by bringing up, well, you only bring a nickel and I bought a dollar in. How dare you? Be little because of what money is. The love of money is the root of all evil. So it's not a, it's, it should not even matter the dollar amount that he brings in as long as he has enough love and respect for you to bring it in. And you've got to show him, baby, I appreciate it. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to respect you with your, with your dime that you bought in. And I'm going to ask you what you want me to spend. Can I spend this or can I do that? And he will learn from you on how to be a good thing with finances as well. So you have to respect him because God called you to be the example of a good thing. The next is family. This could be a big issue. This could be a very big issue, especially with women and their families. Women are big on their families because of how, <clears throat> excuse me, their, their mothers raised them up. <clears throat> and they watched over the years of their mothers and their grandmothers and their aunties and stuff. And, and they watched the pattern of how the women was all about the family, this, and family, and forget what any other man wants. It's the family, the family, the family. The first family that you have when you get married is your husband. The Bible tells you to, tells the husband to leave his mother and father and cling, and cleave unto his wife. And if God tells the man to do that, then guess what? You're the good thing, the example. You have to do it also. God said he makes the husband and wife as one. And then say family up in there. So what goes on in your bedroom, what kind of discussions that you have with your husband, that's your bedroom. I don't care where the discussion starts. Whatever discussion, whatever arguments, that's your bedroom. Whatever arguments, discussion, disagreements you have with your husband is between you and your husband and God. Don't disrespect your husband and start running to your mother, running to your, 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 your friends, running to your siblings and start telling them what happened and your disagreement. I'm telling you, I'm 
I'm telling you what I've learned. I'm telling you what I live. I go to God, and this is what the Lord told me over 30 years ago. Don't try to change him, but come to me in prayer. Stay prayed up on him. And I'm telling you, sisters, God gave me a king. God molded and shaped a king. God molded and shaped a king just for Linda, just for me. He didn't came to me that way, but God sent him to me nevertheless. And then He told me what to do for him, and I became that good thing. And my husband watched me. My God and my King, I give you glory. He watched me be the good thing. His faults, his shortcomings, never came out of my mouth towards him. Disrespectfulness never came out of my heart towards him. I was the good thing. I am the good thing. I am his wife. I am not his mother. I ain't his grandmother, and I sure enough ain't his god. And when it came down to family, and I know my family didn't didn't appreciate him, because I didn't do what my my siblings did with their husbands. Their family came first. Same thing with my mother. Her family came first. Same thing with my aunties. Their family came first, and it messed up relationships. My husband is first, then my children. That's the order that God has placed in His Word. And so, as I begin to put Him as the head, and the kids, because we both had children outside of our marriage, uh, before we got married, he had kids, and and I had children, and so my children was used to me being. The head of the house until he came along. Before he came in and began to live with us, before we got saved, I asked my children, "Would it be okay?" I gave my children that respect, and they said, "Sure, mom. There's no problem." And he came and lived with me. And whenever my children, I have a book on Amazon. You guys really need to、um, tap into that book. It's、uh, called Ready Made Families. I do. The testimony of a wife and mother, by Linda Jackson. Go on Amazon. You can download it. It's only three ninety nine. You really need to get this. It it speaks volume of what God had taught me on how to bring a ready made families together. Uh, uh, and when I talk about Betty May family, I'm talking about he had children outside、uh, before me. I had children before him, and trying to bring that together, and being the wife. And this is what the Lord told me, thirty over thirty years ago: be the wife I called you to be. This is what the Lord told me over thirty years ago. And He had me to write this book on my my experience, my testimony. And it's on Amazon.com. It's called "Ready Made Families." I do the testimony of a wife and a mother by Linda Jackson. 
You got to download it. It's downloadable. You can read it on your cell phones, on any of your tablets, and it's only $3.99. And God taught me on how to respect my husband in the midst of my family, especially if you were brought up um, very close with your family. I came from a close, very close-knit family, very close-knit family. My mother motto was, you don't need no friends. You got enough of uh, uh, siblings. That's how close we were. We were very close. But when it came down, when God put my husband in my life, everything had to shift. You have to know when to shift, when God shifts in your life. You got to know to shift with it. And so uh, it was no longer I could run out and do what I want to do with family or with friends. Because now I need to consult my husband. And now I need to do what it is that's good for my uh, immediate family that was in our household. Even when it came down to our children, get the book. Get my book. And you'll, and you'll see what, how God taught me from the get-go. God spoke to me in my kitchen. I wasn't even saved. I wasn't in nobody church. Neither was my husband. But God had, had his hands all over my life from the very beginning. And God taught me how to be the good thing, to be the example of the good thing in front of my husband. I lived it. The next thing is strength. My God and my King, I give you glory. In the days when your husband is not strong, this is the strength that the women must carry as a good thing. The wife must carry this strength until he can get to that place. Because like I said before, life has beaten him down. And people may, because reason why I say this more about the man than the woman, because Satan is after to tear up and destroy the head. And men are the head and the earth. God has made men the head and the earth. And so if Satan tears the head, guess what? When the head is gone, the body is dead. And so the man is going to come to you filled with beaten down, filled from, from life issues. And so you've got to be the strength as God rebuild him. You show him, you live it in front of him. You have to be the example of the good thing when it comes down to the strength and how you handle situations. And you have to stay prayed up on him that God will make him over his strength, over renew his strength. And I'm telling you, God doesn't fail. I'm telling you, God has created me, had molded and shaped me a king. My God. I can't, I don't even like to travel without my husband now. Because when any little small thing happened, or uh, 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 um, something could happen with a tire look like it needs some air in it, I get upset because my husband isn't there because he has become such a strength to me. And so I feel safe and strong when he's with me and something goes wrong because he thinks where I can't think. And he learned that from me. Now I can, I can lean on him 
Whereas before, I had to show him what strength looked like. And now I can lean totally on him. And he has taken the reins. And I praise and thank God for that. I'm telling you, sisters, when you see the strength of God in him and how he prays through my house, how he prays over me, how he prays over our children, how he anoints my body from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. That's the strength I hold on to in him. I'm telling you, when I don't feel good, my husband will give me the whole bed and lay on the floor next to my bed to hear me breathing. I'm telling you what God will create for you, but you've got to be the example of the good thing. He didn't come to me like this. But because I was the wife, I was the good thing, and I am still the good thing. He learned from me through Christ. He watched me through Christ. I was the example. You have to be the example for him. And the next one is confidence. I had no confidence in myself. And my husband didn't have much in himself. And so you had like the blind leading the blind. It took God to build my confidence up and he watched how God built me. He says, Linda, you're not the same. I said, no, I'm not. God built my confidence. And how God built my confidence is through my obedience to my husband and to my God, to Jesus Christ. And as I begin to obey God, regarding him, being a good thing for him, being an example for him. God molded and shaped me and built my confidence up in me. Where you think that you have confidence in something and when God places you in a position, you're going to realize you're going to feel like you're less than nothing. And 2010, God began to build my confidence. And as he built me, he, my husband was able to see the awesomeness move of God in my life. And God has built his confidence in him. You have to be the good example. And allow God to use you. Obey God. And God will mold and shape your life. And as God will mold and shape you, and the changes are made in you to be better, then your husband going to want peace of that. But you've got to be the good example. You've got to go first. You've got to set the tone. Again, we're still in Scripture. We're still in Psalms 18.22. Whosoever findeth a wife, Findeth a good thing, a good thing. You got to be the good thing, sisters. And the last is peace. It's an awful thing, an awful thing, when a man don't have peace. My God. 
when he can't have peace in his home, the Bible says it's better. This in the book of uh, Proverbs. The Bible says it's better for a man to be on t- on a rooftop in a corner than be in a house with a nagging woman. This in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says it's better for a man to be on the roof in a corner, a small little corner, than be in a whole big house with a nagging woman. Shut your mouth and learn how to be peace. That surpasses all understanding your pieces in Christ Jesus. Get some peace in your home. So when he put his keys in the door, my God, he put his feet over that threshold and walk in that house. Peace ought to hit him in the face. And everything that he went through while he was out in the world comes tumbling down off his shoulders. And he can sit in his home and with his wife and with his children with peace. You've got to bring peace in that home, sisters. So that way he can live to fight another day in his mind. He can live to fight another day in his mind because he knows when he put the key in his door with his address and his name on it, he's got peace that would overtake him. And everything that he went through out there in in the world is all off his shoulders. Make sure that there's peace in that house. Show him love and respect when he come in. Don't be nagging on him when he come in. Make sure his children respect him because they have to also learn how to love and respect their fathers. Excuse me. See to his needs. And as you see to his needs, God going to see to your needs through him. I'm telling you what I live. See to his needs. And as you see to his needs, God will see to your needs through him because he's the head of the house. And I'm telling you, I live in a house of so much peace. To me and my husband, the peace overtakes us and we're out. We have so much peace in there that you cannot walk in my house and not just fall in a blissful sleep. People come in there and can't get them to leave. Some people in there three, four hours at a time. And some come in there and just fall asleep because I want peace in my home. Whatever happening out there in the world, it's out there in the world. You see it on the news. You see all this and that. But when I come home, when I turn off that TV, when I come come into my house, I feel there's me and my husband, as soon as we walk through that door, we go, <sighs> as soon as we walk in that door, we like, 
because we feel God. We feel his peace. And everything that's going on out there in the world is out there in the world. And we are in a good place. We are in a good presence that nothing can hurt or harm you when peace is there. That's God's peace. It's not the peace that the world, the world can't give you peace. All of y'all know it. The world cannot give you peace. Find me a place in the world that there's peace. And I eat my words. The only peace you have is Jesus the Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. That's who he is. And when you abide in the Prince of Peace, and you'll let the Prince of Peace abide in your house, you're going to have peace that surpasses all understanding. Wow, your husband ain't working. Huh? He ain't got a job. And, and y'all in this house just laughing. At, well, how y'all built? We got peace. We believe God. My husband and I haven't worked since 2007. Praise the Lord. And we never lost a roof over our heads. We never had a utility turned off. We never had no food in our house. Wherever we wanted to eat, God made sure we had. At the time, we was eating uh, shellfish and lobster and all that. If we wanted that, God placed it on our table. We wanted steak, God placed it on our table. Don't ask me how. God just did it. Clothes on our backs, brand new cars. Don't ask me how. God just did it. And I look over my life. We have more now with God than we did when we were working. I tell you the truth. This is the life we live. So I'm talking to my sisters, brothers. I hope you're listening too. Because this is what you need to find and a wife. You got to find a good thing. So brothers, this is what you need to find in the wife. You need to have to find a good thing. A good thing. Not a woman who, 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 who's, who's loud and, and crazy and don't care about nothing but herself. It's not so much of the loudness, but just don't care anything about herself or anyone. Have no respect. What they say talking loud ain't saying nothing, all of that stuff. But you would know, brothers, that this is a, a wife for you because she's a good thing. You can see the good thing in her that can help you because she's the helpmate that can help you. But if she is not walking in a good thing and she's all materialistic, uh-uh. You don't want to marry her because she's going to pull you down. A woman has, has the strength to pull a man down. She has the strength to destroy nations. So be very careful, brothers. If she's high maintenance, guess what? She ain't going to be good for your finances. She's not going to be good for your strength. She's not going to be good for your confidence. She ain't gonna have, you ain't going to have no peace with her. And she's not going to love you unless she still, you can maintain her high maintenance. She's not a good thing. And one of the things, two brothers, and I hadn't talked about it in, in that scripture in Proverbs. And it says, Proverbs uh, 18.22 it says, uh, 
whosoever is fighting for right, fighting for good thing. And then the, the last part of that scripture says, and that man obtaineth favor of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I don't care how much you men of God going around talking about I'm blessed and highly favored. It ain't something that you can speak of. It's something that is earned when you have a good thing, a good wife. She has to be a good wife to obtain a favor from the Lord. My God told my husband, he told my husband, the Lord told my husband, you have my favor. The Lord, now this is over, we've been together for over 30 years. The Lord told my husband, you have favor. Why? Because I am a good thing. You cannot get God's favor because you're speaking it. When you find a wife, the Bible says you find a good, a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord. There's a condition to the favor. So be careful, my brothers, how you picking wives. Ask God if this is my wife. And seek God for it. And don't get caught up with the Jezebels. Don't get caught up with those who are all about finances and appearances. Don't get caught up with them because they are not wives, material. They're not a good thing. And so I just want to pray for the sisters. I want to pray really quick before I leave. Um, I also want to um, offer um, this time of salvation to those who don't know God. I'm telling you sisters, I'm telling you brothers that if you accept Jesus Christ and allow him to lead and guide your life, you would never ever regret it. God has taught me so much, taught my husband so much. He molded and shaped our character and our lives over. And I tell you, when I look at myself now to where I used to be, and I thought I was all of that back then, I realized what a, a, a dead thing I was. And I don't regret the days. I, sometimes me and my husband talk about it. We say, I wish we had known God when we were in our 20s the way we know him now. Oh, my goodness. I mean the persons we would have been then and what we could have achieved then, then later. But nevertheless, we know him now. And that's the main thing. Get to know him now. Accept Jesus just, just, just right where you are. Just say, Lord, come into my life. Say, so, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and my King. I confess my sins unto you. I have sinned against you, God. Please forgive me. I want to be the good thing, God. I want you to be in my life to lead and guide me. Show me where to go and how to do because it's you, God, that created me and placed me in the earth for a reason, for a purpose. And so, God, I try to do me 
and keep hurting myself, keep hurting others. Now is the time, God, that I want to give my life to you. And for those of you who have backslide, come on back home. God said, I am married to you still. You're still mine. Come on back home, but you must confess and repent unto him and come back into the sheepfold. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your sweet tender mercy. We thank you for your word, God, that your word is truth because you are the word and you are truth. And Father, I pray that everyone who hear the sound of my voice, those who have heard your word, God, I pray that they will be receivers of the word. I pray that they will be doers of the word, God. I pray, Father, that their lives will be changed and transformed in you because of the word. I pray that the ones who are not a good thing, God, teach them that they are precious in your sight that they are a good thing, that you don't, you never created junk. They are beautifully and wonderfully made. So I pray, God, that those who have no worth, God, show them their worth. Their worth is greater than any rubies and diamonds in the world. Show them how precious that your daughters are in your sight. Show the men that they are men of valor and they deserve the wife. They deserve a good thing. And I give you glory. Let them not settle. God, I give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And I want to leave you with this. May the Lord bless thee. May the Lord keep thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee, and give thee peace. Numbers 6, 24 through 26. And it is so, and so shall it be. And I thank you for tuning in. I am Pastor Linda Jackson of the Temple of Love and Prayer International Ministries. God bless your heart.